0: Played the silver ball from Seoul down to Brighton. I must have
1: played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like it in any amusement hall. That dumb, dumb blind kid. Sha sure plays a mean
0: Denmark It stands like a statue.
1: Talking to the people involved with collecting playing, repairing, restoring and operating pinball and arcade culture around New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast.
0: So I'm here today up in the Capity Coast, uh, visiting with an old acquaintance of mine. Uh, John Bell and John and Margaret um, live, have lived in the Capity Coast for
1: three uh, three years, three years <coughs> since, since you three,
0: week, three months three years and three months since, since, yep. you, since you retired.
1: Uh, well sort of retired. sort of retired. We're doing things in a different way to what we used to. Uh, but we've never got tired.
0: You've never or, never got tired.
1: No, just <laughs> not even retired.
0: Well, look, it's a joy to be here, John, and thank you for the um for accepting my my request right. for for a chat. And it is a, it is a really relaxed chat. It's nothing nothing particularly serious or, or intimidating. So um, that's a relief. <laughs> um, but I really <laughs> wanted to talk to you because I'm talking to people about their association with pinball, and we're going to start off talking about that to, to, your, to the best of your memory, because I know it was quite a long time ago that you were, you were doing pinball or collecting pinball. So, um, and then you moved into the cinema collecting, uh, the film collecting, and you ran a, a, a um, cinema in your back garden, which is fantastic. And I've been, I was a member there from the mid nineties um, since I came along. And I think I even got a free subscription in those days. For oh. some of my pinball work, because I was helping you fix your pinballs that you had. you did a lot of work there <laughs> <coughs> no, a I'm, lot of work yep. I'd love to talk first of all about um, about your pinball sort of passion that you had mm. and when that might have been and how that came about.
1: It was an easy thing for me to do because I enjoyed I enjoyed games, yeah, especially physical ones, yeah. And I think the attraction of pinballs started right from the early point when we were not working with mechanised ones. They were ones where the pinball name originated. We had a a sloping uh, deck there and the ball was shot into the centre of it from the top and it went down and fell into a hole surrounded by pins, or nails if you like, but pins. And that decided the end... um, Score. Did you have some of those games? Mm, so from the 1930s. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember any titles? No, I don't, because that was right at the beginning, and I certainly was a bit younger by then. Yeah. Um, but also, they got a little bit boring because yeah. they didn't go in the right. Well, they just fell through sometimes, and it was just a little bit straight. Then, an opportunity came along for a, a more modern type of machine, which is, yeah. in my mind, the real pinball. Yeah. And um, then I got excited because we were suddenly doing things that were always different. You could have ten games and every one of them would be different. And it was an exciting game and also challenging, especially when you had two playing against each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's often a slogan on the machines themselves, it says, there's a little sign. And it says, it's more fun to compete. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. Do you remember that on the back glasses or no, something? not games? old enough to remember that. Yeah, I think it was around the 60s and 70s or <laughs> maybe <laughs> even 50s machines. <coughs> but this, So when you we were collecting those... Machines that would have been the seventies, sixties, seventies. Yeah, it
1: grew as time went on, and um, it I was very much uh, get or sorry, gained or talked talked talk to about by a guy Tom Tom Huttman,
0: yeah,
1: who happened to have his workshop within about five minutes of where Time Cinema was. Right, and so in earlier times, as he was changing the models, and yeah. times went on, he was selling them off. Yeah, and quite often i was buying one off him. oh cool cool and um, we got into quite a packet pattern there to the point where the collection that we had started to expand somewhat to the point where another interest that i had and that was printing gradually fell to the back end of the building right. and pinballs started to take up the entire other side of the building wow to the point where i don't i was not sure whether i'm rushing this or not but We probably had about 15 machines. Yeah. Some of them were working Mm -hmm. all the time. Some Mm -hmm. of them didn't sometimes and did other times, and some never did at all. (laughs) So it was like that for quite some time. Was Tom working on the games as well for you Um, as a technician? He did repairs?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: It really depended on him. He he came round because he was only a few minutes away. Yeah. And he was able to do repairs there for me. Yeah. And he was very modest in his costs. Yeah, yeah. And we spent a lot of time talking about pinballs as well. Um, I'll
0: I'll just describe the the location of where you lived, John, because you had a dwelling that was on the front of the property and down the driveway at the rear of the property you had quite a large outbuilding was it did it used to be a garage or did you purpose
1: build it no it was there when we arrived right and i can remember at the very time we bought the building that um we were thinking of moving from island bay where we were on the side of a hill right and here was a relatively flat section yeah and with a very desirable house for us at the time and so when we approached it with the land agent who was quite determined that we needed to have it because he knew what we were thinking and doing and all that sort of thing he said, don't build your theatre, as I was thinking of at the time, on the side of a hill in Island Bay. I've got a property here that's got a, a building at the back that might do you. So took the look through the house itself. Yeah. Very impressed. So at that point, I rang my wife. I didn't look at the shed. I hanged with my wife and told her about the house, and she was very keen. And then I got a glimpse of this big building at the back behind the house, and I said to the land agent, is that next door? And he said, no, it's part of this section. I thought, wow, I was just about, I literally bowled over. I never expected to find a property with a sed- shed the size of this, 2,000 square feet, wow. which was actually a bigger building than the house that we were living in. And that really got me. And so at that stage, in those days, um, which was just over, probably about 41 years ago now, <clears throat> 42 years ago, we bought it at a very modest price. Do you know what it was... Being used for as as it was because yes. it had some <clears throat> yep. some
0: basement. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, that's was, right. you we uh, went down and worked in the pit. That's right, the pit.
1: Yeah, the pit. <laughs> <laughs> it was belonged to a guy called Jack Ash, um, who had been there for many years as a. At a um, he worked with trucks and did right. all sorts of stuff. So, you know, moving stuff with trucks and all sorts like that. That was his business, and he had two or three people working there as well. They used to drive up and down the drive because in those days the drive was much wider because it never was sort of early on. <clears throat> Nobody knew where the, the, the boundary was, as if like. And so he just made it so that it was his. But then when the, the guys came along and made it and put it together but before we got there... The driveway was a bit smaller. I can remember
0: really. backing my car down the driveway, and it's
1: quite close to the house. Sure, the fence, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah.
0: And so you, so that's that's fascinating. So the shed was there. Was it the current? Was that the floor plan that you ended up with, or did you add to it as well? Because I think <laughs> we altered it considerably. You, did, really. you, you altered it, but did mm. you add to the envelope? No, no. Okay. It stayed the same size as right. what it was. It, right. We never altered that. We never
1: needed to. Yeah. Um, it was beautifully set up because it had a set of p- pillars down the centre of it, and so we were able to put a theatre on one side of it right. and use the other side for collecting wow. all sorts of things. Initially, pinball machines, right. but then that gradually, as the collection to do with film and movies and projectors and all sorts of stuff, started to grow that other side. So just to get my head around it, when you had the pinball
0: machines... You didn't have the cinema at the, on the other side, did you? Have the printing? We did have the printer by the. Uh,
1: you did. We have did the have the theatre by then. Oh right. Yeah, it was okay. down that one side, and we'd made a, a boundary point down the centre of the building. Right. And on one side was the printing gear, and on the other side was the pinballs. Oh, cool! That's mm. fascinating.
0: I wish I'd see, Wish I'd seen it in those days. Mm. And and we were just talking before we started recording um, about where you sourced a lot of those machines. Well, you got some from Tom. Yes. And, and they would have been 1960s, 1970s machines, do you think? Um,
1: not as early as that, I think. We're probably talking a bit later, okay. probably from the 80s more. Right. Um, and he had pinballs in a few sites, including the airport at the time. Yeah, I remember the arcade in mm. the airport. Yeah. Shame that I can't talk to Tom, and I do remember oh, um, yeah. when he
0: was at the Rita Angus home mm. and... and um, and subsequently died about probably five years ago, was it? We're getting away about then, yeah. About yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Um, I did take him to the funeral of Leon Clements, Malady Farm. I oh, picked, yeah. picked him up from the Rita Angus oh, right. and, and took him to that funeral. Mm. That was the last time I saw him. I yeah. um, and then um, you can't remember titles at all, any games that particularly No, not particularly. Struck I mean, they were
1: very, vers- very d- different sorts, all sorts of different games. Yeah
0: digital games as well as no, electromechanical. No, they were basically all physical. All electromechanical. Yes. With scores. Yes. Okay, so that would predate them to seventy seven. Yeah. It was and, only and later,
1: much later, than we started to get into the later yeah, machines. Yeah, yeah. And that was all that was from Tom by that stage. Yeah. And we'd moved right out of the other sort.
0: So just to talk about um, where you you went to an auction uh, mm. in Lower Hutt and you bought a bulk load of machines. Yes. So we were just chatting about that just before we started recording.
1: Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that, how that Mm. came about? Yes, well, Dunbar Sloans did the sale, and they weren't absolutely that uh, familiar with the pinball machines. They didn't really know a lot about them. So they were just lotted sort of a bit bit here and a bit there, and some of the better pinballs were sold individually, Uh, and then it came to parts and bits and pieces. But an interesting part was that there was a lot of pinball machines there, that had no legs, just the machine itself. And because pinball machines have got an angle on the top like yeah, that, the way yeah. you store them is you store one up the right way and one upside down. And that gives you a level pile to put another two on. So there was three, two or three piles like that. They're probably about eight in a pile.
0: So you're talking upside down. Yes. There was one flat on its base. Yep. An upside down one on top of that, wedged into the opposite angle. That's right. That and then you
1: had a level. And that's two. Yes, and then you could go on top of that again. And then you had another two on top so of they that. They were in, in piles of
0: six. Six, my goodness, it's mm. quite a weight. Yes. Now, just just to clarify, this was probably the Silverbull Palace, the two-storey arcade.
1: Probably it's 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 sort of I've lost a track of a wee bit about the name and the place. But it
0: was a, it was an auction that was held on site. Yes. At the arcade yes. that had closed down, um, yep. because the Silverball Palace was open from eighty one to eighty four.
1: That'd be right. In nineteen
0: eighty four, it was a department store. I think it was the D I C, department store. It had two floors. The pinballs are upstairs. A lot of video games downstairs.
1: Can you remember if the pinballs were all downstairs or they'd be moved downstairs? I think by the time we got there, Dunbar's had really basically shifted everything Yeah. and lotted them according to what they thought should be and depending on condition. So all the good ones that were working were sold individually and got reasonably good prices. But once we got into the piles and that, there was very little interest in them, especially as the fact that there were no legs with the, with the pinballs.
0: They were selling the pile of six games yes. as one lot. Yes. That's remarkable. Yes.
1: Oh, so I got into those, and I probably t- I bought either two or three. So I probably ended up with somewhere near twenty pinballs. Wow! Wow! No legs. No legs, no. and then
0: you had to, you had to sit about finding legs. I had
1: no trouble finding the legs. Yeah. Because just round the corner and underneath a lot of other stuff was all these metal things, which they didn't know what they were, and all the legs went up as a separate lot. <laughs> now, of course, uh, people that were bidding there didn't want the pinballs that didn't have legs. So they weren't interested in it particularly, and that's why I got them at a, a ridiculously low price. Right, yeah. But I wasn't upset about that. And then, of course, at, but I already had found, because I'd looked around all that place and I knew the legs were there as well. But I didn't enlighten anybody about that particularly. I didn't think there was any reason to do that because everything was on display and people had the option to look just as much as I did. Sure. So once the pinball was sold, we moved around, and then there was oh, there's this heap of metal legs here. Yeah, I don't know what they thought. Put them up, 10 bucks or whatever, and uh, they sold for next to nothing. Because nobody wanted them by then because the pinballs had gone.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> So that's it
1: was um, a lot of fun putting them all together, as you can imagine, because different pinballs had slightly different types of legs and fittings and all sorts of things.
0: Getting them off the pile must have been interesting, at least, because they're you're looking at about a... Hundred kilos per machine, oh, yeah. mind you. This is just the cabinet, so probably about yeah, probably about eighty kilos. Mm. Well, for The cabinet,
1: the, the cabinets all, were off all of them. They've been folded down or taken off and put right. underneath or roundabout. Yeah, but yeah. generally, they were all there. Yeah, but they're just for some reason or other over the time that they had been there and perhaps given trouble. Yeah, um, they were put aside or weren't potentially, you know, financial yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, that's how they were stored. Not because necessarily there was something wrong with them. Quite a few did work yeah. when we got them together again.
0: Wow. Mm. And But that must have really uh, made a storage uh, problem for you when you got
1: them back to your place. It did, and it got to the point where we had quite a few that didn't work. And um, I don't think at that stage we had much to do with Tom. Uh, it was just a bit earlier than him. Um, but I did locate a chap up north of Taupo who was interested in them. So, I, on a trip to Auckland, I uh, dropped them all off there. Probably about six to eight of them, maybe, Right. at that point. And he had no trouble with them. He was going to use them as either parts or make them worse. He had a good knowledge of what he was getting. It was down a, on a farm, of all places. Wow. No idea where that was now. Yeah, yeah, But that, I remember doing it. It's interesting. Um,
0: a lot of those old games are becoming quite sought after now, as you can imagine but back in those days people didn't value them no to to the point that they do now as as antiques no video games you weren't interested in taking any video games
1: no no No. most of the time video games oh now that we can actually we can go into this area we did have a lot of video games almost overlooked it in, the, in this era, um, and I can't remember the exact day, months or years of it, but there used to be a place at the lower Cuba Street called the Bargain Basement. Right. Now, they were there for some years, and there was a vacuum cleaner which hung on the stairs as you went down, and that hummed away all the time to bring a bit of fresh air down below. I don't know exactly how it worked, but it did, <laughs> sort of. And finally, they moved from there into a place up... Uh, Cuba Street, just above um, Dexter Street, just above what used to be Woolworths there. and But it was an f- absolute failure because it used to be very successful where it was, but it didn't work up there, and they went out of business. But while they were up there, we were offered the shop above where the bargain basement used to be. It was the Lamp House uh, Hi-Fi shop mm-hmm. right there. And so we were in the second-hand business at the time, selling second-hand quality items and and we took the shop on and the guy that was doing the land agent stuff and selling this place off as a a rental system um, he said that the basement was also available but he'd offered it to a number of other people and who didn't want the basement so he said well he knew me and he said well look um, john there's a place there and you can have the shop but you have to take the basement as well for no extra cost, oh, which was rather good for us, because we suddenly filled that place up with stock. Now there was two areas. One area was directly at the bottom of the stairs, and we had access to another piece of it, which was under the next shop next door, and it had a, a it was about seven foot high, so you had to sort of duck around a bit in there. Yeah, and that's where we started really bringing in pinballs and also games. All sorts of stuff you can. We had this is a, to sell them, or to, to not trade really. Them or? We actually were running them. You running them? Okay. Yeah, um, we probably would have sold a couple, but we were into basically running them, and we used to clear them each week, and it was quite profitable. What year would this have been? Um, it is in the eighties, um, 83. It would have been early
0: eighties. And this is Lower Cuba Street. Yep. On the on where the bargain basement was. was. Wow, I don't. I rem. I seem to remember the bargain basement. Um, there was a chap down there. I forget his name now. With but, a beard. But what? what's that? With a beard and a hat on one side. Um, I really can't remember. I remember his son he had a son called Navarre. And he had. He, he's still around. He was no. a bit of a dealer. He might come up a that no. later, but. But uh, Okay, oh, that's and so you were running the, the pinball as an arcade?
1: It's a, it was oh, an arcade, well, basically. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of machines down there. I've got some materials somewhere on them and photographs as well of what we took when we were down there. That would be um, fascinating, yeah, if you can find it. Yeah, and, uh, and quite a few of the upright machines. And um, I'm trying to think of what they are. Space the Invaders. Space Invaders. Space Invaders was a um, popular one. perhaps. And I always loved Space Invaders. Yeah, and it's yeah. still a good game to play. Right now, yeah, it's still got that challenge. You know, beep, 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 beep.
0: Yeah, it is. I think it's in the canon of the. This a breakthrough, breakthrough game. Breakthrough um, game, it was the one that kind of put every, turned everything on its head, in terms of the oh, pinball it scene. It. Anyway, yeah, it did. Um, it, 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 the video games nearly killed pinball in the early eighties.
1: I think that'll be right because yeah. they mm. were so popular, that's so right. successful. Well, oh, that's Isn't fascinating. That kind of
0: that, in... That's pre-time cinema then. No, you had the Um, Time Cinema at the same time. Time
1: Cinema started not long after we moved there. Yeah. um, But not in a a sense of regular screenings or anything. It it just basically started with my love of movies. And what year was that? Well, we moved there, as I say, about 41 years ago now. Right. And um, just initially, it was... Actually, not. We hadn't done anything much at all. It didn't even have a wall down one side, yeah, yeah. and the building was pretty shabby at that time too. The walls were sort of letting out a bit of light, and the rot had set in here and there with old weatherboards that had had their day. Yeah. and so we started just showing a few films in it, it. It's a funny thing, but people sort of got the hang of the fact that we had a, a projector and a screen and films, and we could show them. So we put a few boxes out there and a couple of chairs and things and we put cushions on them and we gave them rugs because it was a bit cool Yeah, and we started showing movies and the funny thing is that it caught on and it gradually grew and so suddenly we realised that we needed to build a theatre there not just a box.
0: And that's when you you put in the tiered seating. Correct,
1: all that started to happen. With a few changes along the way. Built the
0: projection booth at the back?
1: We did just, uh, uh, initially, no, just sat on a platform at the back. Right. But then that became a projection box. Right, Mm. right. And then it grew from there.
0: I've been been there a few few times, and sometimes you've taken me into the projection booth, and it is a special place. And I'm thrilled, I'll just mention now, I'm thrilled that you did sell it when you retired um, three years ago. And... um,
1: Cass, is it? Cass. Cass,
0: yep. Now runs it pretty much how you ran it for nearly yep. 40 years. Right. Um, and I haven't been since you've left, but um, David Summerfield was around yesterday. He popped in oh, to, he? To, to show his friends some pinball machines. Oh, good. And he said he's having a party there in the mid-July. So uh-huh, that'd be right. Mm. He invited me along, so I'm looking forward to going back. Yes. And, uh, but yeah. I, I really did enjoy the screenings. i
1: have to sneak in too.
0: Yeah, you should. You should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the cinema and, and some of your film collecting because that became such a wonderful um, resource um, for people to, to join. You had a, a club membership. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about how the cinema kind of um, yeah, really. evolved and yeah. how the collections yeah. – so you must have been selling off pinball machines – Gradually yes. to make way for movie Correct. collectibles.
1: So it started off with quite a number of um, pinballs still there in the early days of the theatre, but the main thing that um, meant that they had to go was that they stopped working. And, uh, okay, Tom Hartman would come around and help me with that, but some of them basically had to go. And so, bit by bit, they got sold. Um, someone I know that's through here at the moment very well remember that. Um <laughs> And also the fact that it was, as I say, it was getting hard to repair them. And the other thing was, there was a bit of problem when we had children there because they all wanted to play it at the same time. And it isn't very easy to have 20 children playing a pinball at the same time. So there was a little bit of discussion, a bit of uh, not happy so gradually. The
0: noise noise factor of of having... Kids on so many machines. Yeah. At the same time. That
1: well, that's right to a degree. Yeah. yeah. But as this sort of developed, the pinballs were getting less and less. Yeah, yeah. And it was down to in the end, of, in the end, just about it was only two pinballs, yeah. and then one of them packed up. Yeah. And so a young fellow that used to do it for me wasn't able to do them anymore. So that that was uh, removed, and then the last one went hmm, probably five, six, maybe seven years ago now. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Now, they weren't really that much missed because at the same time older people were there and perhaps children were playing them, the older people found them a little bit annoying. Yeah. Um, and so it just, bit by bit, it became really a thing that wasn't the best to be there, which was sad for me because I loved the pinballs. And really it really was yeah. part of my yeah. fun
0: thing to do. I guess they can be quite, a little bit noisy. Um, you had this sort of ambience there because you were playing a lot of the... The old music, music at the same time. Uh, Frank Sinatra, yeah, or some of right. some of the people that we you'd play that's on the right. on the sound system. Um, yes, what are some of the names of the people that used to play, in the music there? Can you remember?
1: Uh, not particularly, but
0: it's, I remember like you know yeah. the the old crooners. Yeah. And, and and oh yeah,
1: well, I mean there was all sorts of them, Tom Jones and whoever you like. Yeah. All of them, and Sinatra. It had a certain ambience, yeah. and maybe yeah.
0: the pindles going off was just, was disturbing. Not too bad it.
1: because they were in two separate areas. Sure. And we could close a door, but sometimes it would even penetrate through into the theatre if it was noisy enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. So just going back to the three that you did have there, um, when I first came along to time cinema, you had a fish tails. Yes. And you had the fun house. Correct, that was my favourite. The Funhouse was your favourite, and then you had the getaway. That's right. So you had three there, and then you decided to go down to two because you were getting more. You had a big projector, I think, you needed to put in.
1: Well, part of that, and the other thing is that we had a visit from the um, City Council at one point because they'd heard about the fact that we'd had a theatre, and theatres weren't allowed in those days. I mean... Where people lived was that all you—that was all you did. You lived. It's a and residential where zone. When business was was in town, the two areas were separate and right. weren't allowed to be together. Yeah. But that changed over the years. And um, at one point, the council did not know there was a theatre and art lie away, and they weren't very happy about hearing that there was. So they came down, three of them. There was a, a building guy. There was someone else to do with the council. Someone else to do with the council. clipboards and things, yeah, looking yeah. very serious. Um, what's going on here? shouldn't be a theatre here. Opened the door, went in, and the whole thing changed. They were absolutely amazed at what they saw with all the stuff that was in there everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so they walked out. The only thing they asked for was that we needed an exit do- extra door. It had to be opposite where the theatre doors opened out into the main area. Right. And so that happened to be where there were pinball machines sitting. Uh, right, we right. We had nowhere else to put it, so the pinball machine had to go. Right. That was number three. That was fish tails. Yeah. I bought that. There you go. <laughs> I'm glad you were there. I bought
0: the fish tails. I, I did move it on, but I bought another one since then. Okay. But um, that left you with the getaway in the funhouse. And there's a funny little story, because there's a chap I know who came along and bought your funhouse. And, I remember that, yes. And a chap called Chris. And uh, and at the th- I'll tell the story, because I'm not wanting to paint Chris in a bad light, but he was a naughty boy because you had one key that was for both games. That's right. And I think I remember you telling me the story. I right. said, I said to that, there was a chap who bought the fun house, and I said to him, please get a key cut and bring it back to me, because I use it for the other game. <laughs> of course, he never did. Right. So... I that happening. The getaway, um, which which kind of limped limped along for quite a while. I actually remember years prior to that, I took the getaway home and gave it a refurb, cleaned it, stripped it down, re-rubbered it, replaced the bulbs, um, just did any mechanical repairs it needed, and then brought it back. Mm. It's a nice fresh game. But then years after that, um, you'd lost, you hadn't didn't have the key anymore, and um, it finally, you know, it sort of refused to work. Um, and that's when I, when you sold it to me, that was probably the three years ago that you mentioned. Yeah. And I've still got that game. And do you know what I love about that game is that it's got bright cabinet art. Oh, that is good. Yes, every getaway, yeah. because it's been kept in the dark for probably 20 years. That's right. But every getaway that I know of has got the red inks faded, but this is very nice and bright. Mm. And so I've had it at Moon Bar, which is a nice dark corner. Yep. It's now at the Cambridge Hotel, oh, good. which is a nice dark yeah, yeah. internal. I don't want to put it near windows. No, is what I'm saying because it will fade. The first look at some UV, it all the color will be gone. Um, but uh, I do have a photo of you um, when you were we were loading up just oh, into you the car. Remember doing that, and you. I remember I wanted to tip it vertical because um, that's how I was going to store it, and I had to drill out the lock while you were there. And that was funny because you have the games on free play. But yet there was probably 50 or 60 dollars of coins well people
1: felt that they had to put a coin in because that's what they'd always had to do yeah they weren't aware of the fact that we'd set them on free play and but uh, we didn't worry about it oh no <laughs> but it made for quite a nice little fundraiser well, it for did you too. and it was quite fun finding them all and then not knowing that they were there until we opened it up to have a look
0: and so we we drilled it open and i and we pull, pulled the cash box out and pulled the balls out so i could store it vertically because yeah. i think i took it to my friend's scooter shop and it stayed there for a couple of years before I got around to actually working on it. Mm. But it's looking wonderful now. I've got a colour DMD, colour screen in it now. Mm. Looking looking really good. So um, I might describe the cinema um, foyer for people. It is ab- was absolutely jam-packed full of wonderful f- movie collectibles. Cameras, mm. accoutrements, projectors. Um, you even had a, a platter with the... Um, yes. What do you call it? It's for splicing films,
1: is Yes, it? oh yes. I mean, that was, that was like oh, a full size. That was a, um, yeah, what do they call those now? I'm starting to forget. It's
0: the size of a post office desk. That's right, yeah. Luminous. But It was for,
1: for running and editing. It was, they were editors. Editors, yeah. Basically, they were running the film through and cutting cutting, and all those sorts of things. Very physical, of course, in those days. And then they would gradually join together and then they were ready to make a print Yeah. from that, Yeah. yeah. from the original. But there was just such it was such an archive. of,
0: of and I, I guess all that stuff is still there. A lot of it's still Not there. all of it. Okay. Some
1: of it has gone over yeah. the years because of a space issue, yeah. basically, yeah. because stuff just kept going. A lot of stuff was given to us Yeah, over the years. And we always said, yes, we'd like that. Um, but never, we never said no, Yeah, which was sort of good and bad at the same time because we ended up with sometimes twen- 10, 15 or 20 same machines. Right. And of course, storage was a problem then too because the, the theatre was becoming a store and uh, we needed to have room for people, otherwise, it just doesn't work. Yeah. you had a phone box in there too. Yeah, it was still there. Was that, that was a movie set? Was that a, was it, it was in a movie, and yeah. uh, again, I can't remember the name of the movie, but yeah. it was made, well, it was set up for the movie, yeah. and um, it was used. And when they dropped it back, they just left it at the top of the gate by our gate at the front yeah. door, uh, right out on the street there. <laughs> and um, we had a call from someone who said we um, rang the post office because, uh, do you know who comes out to repair them? And the office post office said, "Well, no, there's no 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 um, post boxes there, no telephone boxes there." No. They said, "Well, it's there," and the phone somebody's pinched a phone out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to sort that out. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yes. It
0: looked really good in, this, in, the, in the foyer there. Yes. And, and then, of course, your movie collecting must have commanded a lot of space
1: as well. It did. Prints. And there was a lot of films around at that stage. It was particularly through, um, you know, uh, well, areas where the owner died and there was a whole heap of films and stuff. And the people, that, the family didn't know what to do with them at that time. And so we sort of got known through the, the fact that it was time cinema and people talked to each other. And so films started to arrive into the collection and we ended up with a very successful lot of films. A lot of stuff that was fairly rare um, and a lot of material that was great to use when we showed a feature in the second half and some shorts in the first half. And we were showing it to a, a, a group of people that were in there older area mm. and so they enjoyed it because it brought back the memories and typical of all of this was the fact that um a film would be shown and then the next thing we heard afterwards oh we went to that before we made it before we decided to get married <laughs> and we remember that well
0: yeah. oh that's great mm. yeah, very nostalgic and, and now
1: and again someone would recognise someone they knew in one of the films that was shot particularly by the national film unit of course yeah um, and there was always a, oh, there's old Charlie, <laughs> in the middle of everything. Uh, and they didn't hesitate to call to out. Do you, think, out do you think
0: you had a complete catalogue of National Film Unit?
1: Yes. In fact yeah.
0: yeah. You did? You did? <laughs>
1: um, oh, the,
0: you mean the actual... No, in, in your collection, in your film collection, yeah. did you have a, a complete catalogue of yes. their library?
1: Yes, wow! We've got it all here. It's remarkable. Mm. We've got yeah. it all here, and there's still a set up at up there, down right. that way now as well. Right.
0: Wow! Mm. Wow! Mm. Um, and you you stored a lot of these prints under
1: the in the in the pit underneath the, um, the, the. No, we didn't do much underneath there. We had we had a pit which went down about two meters roughly, yeah. And it was an empty space, and right. it was pretty dry. So we used to keep a lot of old 35mm films that we didn't use in the later days because right. we scrapped the 35mm machines and went digital. Yeah. Um, and so they'd gone, but um, the films were stored down in that thing. But unfortunately, over the years, some moisture did get in there and yeah. they were basically all shot. Yeah, Not that there was anything of great loss there. It was just, where do you put them? Oh, we'll put them down there. We'll yeah, yeah, have to put yeah. them.
0: It's a constant problem for anyone that collects such things mm. Battling moisture, isn't it? Just oh, mold pretty. and mildew, yeah, and I right. guess in your lenses, you don't want them getting in there, and definitely not, and, and so forth. Um, well, that's fantastic. And uh, is there anything else that you can think of associated with um, the cinema or pinball collecting? Um,
1: we could talk for a couple of hours or more, or probably a lot more than that, actual fact, because <laughs> a lot of things did happen over the years. Yeah um during a film show for example someone took a a what do they do they sh- had a stroke or something terrible happened and we had to stop the projectors, and that was the end of the show right type of thing um we had a, had a medical
0: a medical emergency yes it was right.
1: very much so right. the ambulance arrived and right. they were doing resuscitation and everything there oh. on the floor in the theater gosh that that, yeah. that happened um a couple of times something along that line happened yeah um and also we had a tornado take the part of the roof of the building off i remember that chucked it over yes. the back into our neighbors
0: and then the and then the it just it left you exposed to the, oh, right. had a bit oh, of a flood inside and, so and then yeah. came the
1: water um because it was raining heavily at the time yeah and the uh, fire brigade arrived and what they did was they emptied the projection box because the water was coming mainly into the projection box, partly oh. into the theatre itself, but mainly in the projection box. Oh. We had to get that gear out, and the firemen didn't really know how they were connected, so they were sort of... <laughs> yeah. But they had to. They had to move very quickly, because stuff was getting wet left, right and centre. Wow. And so that put us out of gear for exactly four weeks. Yeah. But it was good, because we ended up with a, a better theatre. They... The, there was one of the sections of the roof was completely removed. Another two was moved out and then fell back into place. Mm. So they had to be repaired. So they had to repair the whole of the north side of the theatre building, which was a big job. But they did that. had that done in four weeks.
0: Wow. As an insurance claim?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The insurance yeah. were great. Yeah. And the guy that organised all that b- between us and the insurance was great to the point where um i was able to give them he was going to use brand new iron temporarily and didn't chuck away the new iron and i said well i've got a lot of old iron hanging around here you can use that so as you do yeah that's right <laughs> as you do and so we used that and uh, then insurance were great because then they said well there's been a bit of damage on the other side of the roof nothing to do with this but because you supplied the iron for this and saved us that cost we'll fix the other side of the roof for you as well which they did so one of the, of course, TV got into the game and I had to stand inside the building with my head out of the building. Oh, they're looking for a good photo op. Yeah, that's what they did. Mm. <laughs> so and yeah. so
0: in the projection booth you were running 8mm, 16mm, yes. 35mm, yeah. and you had multiple projectors of some of those. We had
1: five projectors working. Four minutes, wow. hmm Uh, Because we had a a projector, an 8mm that did uh, Super 8, and there was another one that did single 8 for people that bought films that were earlier Mm. period-type things with 8mm, just straight 8mm. And then
0: you also had digital... um... And
1: then we developed digital as well. Right. So it got to the point where there really wasn't any room for me, and I needed to be in there. So the two big projectors... What I always loved
0: about coming, John, is that we all get (laughs) settled into our seats, and then you do a little... Int- you have a little introduction and you yep. talk about what we're going to watch yep. and you you say hello to the, to the audience and there's a bit of a little bit of banter and then you says right we're going to kick it off now and then you run up the steps that's right back into the booth and then you kick everything going and the, the music the, started that's right the queen the queen's um yes yes message yep. the, uh, then the, I mean, not the message the um national, an- national right. anthem and people stand for the queen they did and uh if they want to and That's then right. and then we had a kick in with the with the presentation but i always enjoyed the 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 personal approach that you took when you spoke to the audience and then you, you sort of shot up the steps into the projection booth we was, did the intro? Part. and then you had a way of getting out the back door so you didn't have to sit up there the whole time
1: oh absolutely yeah <laughs> there was two accesses to it. yes of course and there was also a special passageway that ran along the top edge of the theater above the outside area where i could duck through if i couldn't get because a lot of people were in the bottom here, I couldn't get right through, so they'd say, well, um, w- w- there was some talk about something, and then i duck up and along that and back, came out the other end, you see, and they said, oh, oh is that your, was that your brother down the other end? Well, no. <laughs> Someone that looks just like you. <laughs> That's right. You
0: should change your wardrobe just to really fool with them.
1: Well, that would have really i do not it? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs>
0: Oh no, it's been a great chat, John, and, and thank you for, um, for for talking today. Um, and and now that you've moved up to the Capity Coast, we're sitting in a room and we've still got a lot of movie um, memorabilia around us. Are you getting back
1: into the hobby in your retirement? Oh, very much so. And what's happened, of course, over the years, the clubs and groups that used to visit us from up here, where we are now, found it difficult to do that anymore, cost of buses had Skyrocket! It was four to five hundred dollars to bring a bus down now, yeah, yeah, and take take them back. And the clubs themselves in the older areas were getting smaller numbers, and so it didn't work anymore. But now that we're up here, the word's got around, and it would be quite easy for them to come and see a show. Oh. So the pressure's been on for me to build a theatre. Oh no! <laughs> so we're in the process of doing that right now. Probably about halfway there. Um,
0: Are you doing it
1: on site? or Right here, on right, site, yeah. right oh, now. Okay. I can show you where we're at. Wow, I'd love to right see there. it. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's There's no stopping you, John. And of course the neighbourhood know about it, and they're all waiting too. And every time I see someone around here, how's the theatre going? Uh, well, slowly, because I ended up buying a Morris a Morris 1000, um, and it's been stored in there, and I could only work in the theatre when we had a dry day, because right. it couldn't get the car wet because it was inside. Right. So I can show you it, and I can show you the car, yeah. because we've just sold it. Oh, I see. They're picking it up this coming week. Okay, and that means that I'll oh, now we'll be able to get in there and go flat out, regardless of the weather. We've got power on in there now, and it's all going. It won't be long before we'll be doing. How endeavors. many? How many are you hoping to seat in there? For, uh, between sixteen and eighteen. Wow. So it's a bit under half size yeah. of Time Cinema. Yeah, yeah, it would be a bit more sort of yeah. tight. And we'll use one of the garages that we've got down here and as you think a, you'll do for a cup a, of tea. you do a will do a weekly, a weekly screening? Could it, it could even be. Um, we really don't want to get back to where we were no. because we sort of like to make it more fun thing now. Yeah. I mean, we'll obviously have to charge something, but it'll be modest. Yeah. Um, if we don't charge, then you'll, you'll be working every day. So there's going to be a, 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 a big uh, area where, you know, it's good fun, but still a little bit of coming in with it sounds
0: fantastic well I do know that when you were in Lyle Bay I used to see your van around and you were doing shows and rest oh, homes absolutely. yes all the time you were doing a lot of mobile yep. presentations so it wasn't just the cinema no. you were doing you' were projecting movies
1: on site we' be doing a little bit of that here too yeah. because yeah. There's a number of rest homes up this area problem with rest homes in some cases is the fact that they have these things up here called skylights oh yeah and it's very hard to pull a blind over a skylight if there's no facility for doing yeah, that. You'd have to do it
0: on cloudy days.
1: Yes, so, but some of them have ideal places, like Rita Angus, for example. Uh, they can pull the curtains and it's quite dark, and they've got a little theatre there now themselves. Right. So it has spread. And it's also, just putting a modern note on this, when we built the theatre with only 40 seats, it was regarded as being very small. But now a magazine that comes out called Trademark... Trade... Trade... Um, Oh, forgotten anyway it's a a, a worldwide uh, production which shows what's happening to theatres now, and mm. instead of having eight big theatres, there's more likely to be thirty small theatres running, and that means that they're all working much harder than one big one because sometimes these days even you might only get eight or ten people in a in a cinema that's got room for five hundred right. whereas if you've got six, eight, or twelve people in a twenty seat theatre, for example. Mm. Yeah, full. So, and it's much easier to do it now with digital, of course. The digital it's projection, they? Don't, yeah, there's, yeah. No work, there's no, no projectionists, no anything. It's all I done must to ad-
0: push a I must admit, the Penthouse Theatre is up near where I live. Yes. They've got this thing called the Vogue Suite that you know. And it's never been a favoured um, theatre for most people that go there. No. In fact, most people groan when they find out, oh, we're in the Vogue Suite that's like, it's a, like a 20 seat theatre.
1: It's a bit small and it's very, very, very tight.
0: The screen is not particularly no. big either, so you don't feel like you're having a cinematic experience.
1: Well, that might be what we'll have. <laughs>
0: uh, but no, yours is more bespoke. It's not, I mean, this is a multiplex yes. with three big theatres and one yeah, tiny little one. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> it, the little one works okay. Yeah. Because it's ideal for small groups celebrating a birthday or whatever, and they can also choose the film that they want to see there.
0: Sure, sure. But often they have, you know, the major motion picture films mm. in there. If it's like a Woody Allen and no one wants to mm. go to it, I love Woody Allen, but if no one else wants to go, they'll put it in the Vogue suite. <laughs> hey, it's been wonderful, John. Thank you for talking. And uh, well, I pleasure. think that pretty
1: much wraps it up. I've been told many times I talk too much. Now, somebody that's asked me to do it, I enjoyed that.
0: No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Good one.